This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. Gang uh, by uh, Joanna. Rumor has it it's a favorite of uh, Dana Mitchell. Michelle, excuse me. Well, <laughs> yeah, Joanna. I said Joanna. Uh, no, did I say it's Cool in the Gang by Joanna? All right. Well, good thing uh, Dana wasn't mic'd at the and, time. And Nobody cool heard wants the, all their props. the correction. I want to dedicate this to Joanna Castle Miller, who is a playwright in New York today, and it's her awesome. birthday today. And I know her a little bit. I haven't seen her in about uh, 20 years. But I reached out to her. I said, Joanna, it's your birthday, and uh, I, I want to dedicate a song or two tomorrow of your choosing. She did not respond. So we chose this in her in her stead. She actually, she's a very interesting lady. She's a liberal, but her father is an arch, arch conservative. And he ran uh, for president in 2016, and the two of them did a reality show together. I think it's called Red, White, and Castle. But, you know, she didn't come on. She didn't get back to me with my bumper music request, so so be it. Dana Michelle is here. She is a talk show host, an attorney, and the founder of something called the Homecoming Challenge. And uh, Dana was a big hit last time she was on the show, so we told her whenever she's in New York, she has to make this show a an absolute must-stop. And uh, true to her word, she has indeed done so. Hello, Dana. Hello. Can I just say, first of all, I, I've always wanted to have a song Named after me. There are no Dana songs? There, there are no Dana songs. I don't believe that. There's got to be a Dana song. There's a hip-hop artist, Dana Dane with fame. He did a song called Cinderella. Other songs uh, in the old-school hip-hop industry. But I uh, I never had a song named after me. So. I, I have a tough time believing I'm that serious. there are no, Diana, no Dana songs. I mean, but happy, happy birthday to Joanna. I hope she's awake for her shout out and yeah. her, her entire song. Probably not. She didn't get back to me. So, well, there's that. Um, so there's that. Hey, uh, for people that are unfamiliar with your history, uh, you have a, a lengthy resume. As I mentioned, attorney, talk show host, founder of the Homecoming Challenge. Remind people what is the Homecoming Challenge? The Homecoming Challenge is a go back, give back campaign that we started. Uh, my co-founder Chris Evans and I started in 2017 on a college campus, Morehouse and Spelman College, two HBCUs in Atlanta. The concept is you go back to your freshman dorm, you go back to your freshman dorm room, and you surprise the students in that room um, who are currently there with a little bit of money, because these kids love cash these days. Uh, I've heard that. They, they love cash. Money, money talks. Um, but what I think is more valuable and priceless is your advice, your wisdom. I think a lot of us, as we move in this, in this mid-age life, we forget about how awesome we are, and we, we're so caught up in... in 
bills, kids, aging parents, life, career. Uh, but to a freshman student, I think we are absolutely incredible. And we can really make a difference in their lives with some encouragement and mentoring. Uh, a fella called me last hour, and I didn't have a good answer uh, to this, but he asked what the best piece and the worst piece of advice that I've ever gotten or or given was. So I'll ask you the same thing, when, whether it was when you were a college student or any other point in your life. What's the best piece of advice you've gotten and the worst? I think the best piece of advice that I've gotten is largely, you know, kind of follow your dreams, mm. you know, follow your heart, um, trust your gut. Go with those instincts. Um, and I think the worst advice that I've gotten, I can't remember it specifically. I mean, I, I know one, which is someone who told me that I needed to um, explore my options when it came to law school and choosing a law school. Um, he thought my ambitions were too high. I think that anyone who's trying to limit you, now there's a difference between sound advice when someone's like, listen, you know, you want to be a bungee jumper, you haven't taken practice lessons, you know, there are limitations, but I think when when people are trying to limit you or put you in a box or hold you back, none of that advice is, is really solid. And oftentimes you have to figure out, are people operating out of fear and projecting that on you, you know, in their advice? Um, or is it really sincere and genuine and helpful? Well, so how do you know, uh, for instance, my, my brother, he's, he's a Ph.D., but he told me uh, and whoever else happened to be in the room six, seven months ago that he's decided he wants to pursue a career as a Formula One driver. So his wife. His, can he drive? Is his driving record? <laughs> no. I mean, exactly. yeah, he could drive. But I said, Nick, why don't you start with like a go-kart or something? And, of course, his wife, you know, was vetoing this like crazy. She didn't think it was a good idea. But. Both my sister-in-law and me, we were coming from a place of, you know, I think practicality and concern about him. But you don't want to stifle anybody's aspirations. How do you know whether someone, when they say to you, all right, maybe you shouldn't give up your whole career and become a a pop singer. How do you know whether this is from a practical place and a concerned place versus a, oh, they just don't want me to follow my dreams place? Well, where does it come from, right? You know, you said this was your brother? Yeah. You know, has he done anything in the professional space with respect to race car no, driving? No, not a, not so a it's thing. so it's because it's a whim. Because there's, there's a, a lot of things like and and kids these days, right? You've got kids, I've right. got kids. These kids have aspirations that that turn overnight. You know, they wake up one day and they want to be a race car driver. They wake up the next day, they want to be a doctor. They wake up, they want to be. I, I talk to my kids often about music because I'm they're resistant to their musical lessons, right? But they want to be pros at it. Mm. My daughter plays piano. She wants to be Alicia Keys. My son plays the trumpet. He wants to be Louis Armstrong. But it doesn't happen overnight. Practice. Mm. You know, what, what are you putting into your craft? How much are you investing in yourself in your dreams? Thus far, my son's aspirations mostly involve getting into the dishwasher. But, and he is... Is he succeeding? <laughs> is he crushing that? Is he crushing He's that? putting in a lot of effort. He's doing <laughs> That's it. That's sure. what I'm talking about. He is the dish, the dishwasher connoisseur. So if people want to get involved in the Homecoming Challenge or if they want to hear some of the uh, success stories or maybe take part in this for the, for themselves, yeah. what can they do? What's the best way for them to do you that? You can follow the Homecoming Challenge on Instagram, Homecoming Challenge, um, hashtag, um, excuse me, at uh, Homecoming Challenge, and on Facebook at Homecoming Challenge. Um, my show, Dana Being Dana, is also a place where you can find information and stuff about the Homecoming Challenge. We are gearing up for next year. Uh, because none of us on the board work full-time for the Homecoming Challenge, It's we, we do it in stages and phases. And so we're kind of in our off-season now. 
uh, because we are in between graduation, which is one time where alums come to campus, which is coming up, and the homecoming season, the homecoming football season, um, or winter sports, because some schools have basketball. And that's when we are primarily on campus. We're talking with Dana Michelle. If you want to learn more about her, you could check out her website, DanaBeingDana.com. There's some great uh, clips of her show on there as well, DanaBeingDana.com. And you should, if you're interested in this, follow the uh, the Homecoming Challenge on uh, Facebook and Instagram. It's a, a terrific thing. Now, meantime, maybe that person that was cautioning you about uh, law school was right. I understand you were actually just uh, laid off from the law firm that you were working with. I was, but it wasn't, it wasn't law school. That person encouraged me to not apply to some of the top law schools in the country. And, and that was a mistake. But after, yes, after practicing for 15 years, I was laid off from my company. Um, I'm in tech. Uh, so I'm a lawyer working in the tech industry. And yes, I was, I was laid off along with the rest of my U.S. workforce. Mm. We were, it was moved overseas. Oh, I hate um, that. That's tar- I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is. It, I mean, it's been an interesting week, I would say. How um, long ago did this happen? A week. Last a week Wednesday. Ago. Wow. Last Wednesday, um, I got the call first. And interestingly enough, I was taping for television on that day. So I had to hold it together. I called the station. I said, I lost my job today. I said, but we've got two tapings, two shows, and we're going to crush that. And that's exactly what we did. Good for you. Um, But thereafter, I I scheduled a meeting with my team, my onshore team, because I was aware that everyone was going to get that news. Um, There's 10 of us total. And we met last Thursday. together and we we just talked about what's going on what's happening we've met since then we met today actually and um the tech industry has been hit hard a lot of companies um have have laid off thousands of people but you know in sitting this with this for a week you know i've got some advice can i share it with you please yeah because i think it's super important because i think layoffs right now and this probably applies to people even that don't work in the tech industry but that might be facing a layoff in any well i think we're headed towards a recession Mm -hmm. and i think um the economy is tightening up companies are tightening up their budgets um they had had they had a travel ban at my company before this happened um in addition to other layoffs in different divisions but i think that um it's an opportunity to reassess. You know, number one, it's about it's about taking a break. I've gone full speed ahead. I'm a single mom, so I um, support my children. I support my family, and so for me, it's important to find my next role and figure out what I'm doing next. But I also have been encouraged repeatedly to find ways to take a break, um, sit in this moment, uh, think about what I really want to do. Because for the past five years, I've really toggled between media, mm. you know, with, with the shows and the Homecoming Challenge and things like that, and my professional career. So it's an opportunity in a way that I probably wouldn't have taken on my own, but to, uh, to take a break and well, to think about what I want to do. A lot of people uh, facing a layoff, they, look, even a lot of people that might be making a decent living – they find themselves very often, especially if you have children, especially if you live in a place like uh, New York or a place that is expensive to live, find themselves almost living paycheck to paycheck. Right. And uh, they uh, may not have the luxury of taking time to breathe because they're immediately faced with how am I going to pay the rent, the mortgage next yep. month? What advice do you have for people in terms of planning their next step uh, professionally while at the same time – Worrying about the pay, paying the bills that are coming due next week or next month. Oh, well, part of it is about it's a mental break, right? You know, I've I've set my resume out. You know, I've started I have started interviewing for jobs, um, 
But it's an opportunity to pause and think about what do you really want to do? Because so often when people come out of school, they go right into the workforce um, and then they start, they go right into all the different aspects of Mm. their life. They're having babies, they're getting married, you know, they're doing what they've always thought they were supposed to be doing as an adult or not, right? They're making mistakes, they're learning from those, they're rebounding from those. uh, And I think... Anytime you have this kind of, you know how people say the cliche of it's sometimes a setback right. is a setup. You know, what, what is this, a, you know, what is the reason behind this? What is the purpose? Um, is there an opportunity for you to do something different? What do you really want to do? Uh, when I, I, I posted, I talked about being laid off, about being back in the job market. And um, a really good friend of mine was like, you shouldn't tell people. You shouldn't like, oh, my gosh. Why are you sharing that? Why are you telling people? And I want to kind of break the stigma of layoffs, setbacks, changes, you know, divergent paths, because I think they can be opportunities. Mm. And for me, by being quite public about my transition and my job situation has yielded so many people reaching out to me and offering, you know, support. So, uh, sympathy, networking, which has really, really been great. And and one of the things that I've said, this has been a lesson um, not only just for me but for my children, and I've shared all of this with them. Uh, my daughter said that because I'm, I'm from Chicago, right? I came here from Chicago. Uh, my daughter said the market for snow removal, for shoveling snow, <laughs> is great right now. And so she's offered to support us by shoveling snow. My son uh, informed me that he had money. Um, but he was curious as to whether or not I would pay him back in this loan. He's 14. <laughs> she will be 12 this weekend. Um, so what was my, the answer to that? What did you tell him? I, oh, would I pay him back? I yeah. was like, first of all, I don't think you have the kind of money that we need. But I, um, I, I thought it was cute. You know, I, I, I appreciated them and their support. Um, I wanted to alleviate their fears that, and I was very transparent with them because I felt like they're old enough to understand the lessons in this. And one of the lessons is about networking, about building your network, and some of the best advice that I have. And it applies both to the work that I've done in the Homecoming Challenge and my legal profession and my my team that I work with. Um, I work with some of the best lawyers around, and networking is so important. You never underestimate the power of relationship building and making connections with people, particularly when you don't even need them, because this is the type of time where you determine how your network has shown up for you. Um, or how they will show up for you in the ways that you show up for them. And so um, building that network, even when you don't need anything, is crucial. Not only are you solidifying great friendships and relationships, um, but you're you're setting yourself up in the future to be able to call on people when you need it. You can call on people for great things. Hey, you know, this great thing happened to me. Come celebrate. Um, but also when there is a, 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 a tough time, a layoff, a death, um, a transition, um, there's so many things that happen in life, and we all need each other. I think support is so important. If we've learned anything over the past couple of years, it's how important the human connection is and connecting with one another and supporting one another. Uh, Dana Michelle is here. You can check out her website, DanaBeingDana.com. It's so funny that you emphasize the importance of 
Uh, by the way, I'm being deluged with songs about Dana, by the way. I'm going to share Am I I'm getting some songs? Because I need some songs. All these with you. Joanna, I, I'm such a hater. Like, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I could use my own songs. But um, we're gonna, we have some good ones. Apparently, there's a Billy Cobham song. There's, uh, there's a few others. Which that sounds amazing. I want a soundtrack. Uh, literally, seven people have emailed me. All You guys are the best. Absolutely the best. Dana. I love this. But, I'm coming see, back. It's to talk about the power of a network. But uh, uh, in listening to you talk, <laughs> A friend of mine, he was, um, you know, he was a politician. He was defeated for re-election, and he wasn't sure what he was going to do next. So what he did was, and this was advice that a mentor to him had given years prior, was he made a list of 100 people whose advice that he valued and he who he thought were pretty well connected, and he scheduled meetings with all of them, all yes. hundred of them. That's so that is awesome. And, I love that. And solicited their advice about what he should do next. Yeah. And I really that was a pretty important lesson for me about the importance of networking. A lot of people don't, I, I would say almost everybody, nobody plans to be laid off, right? right? But you, so you really do have to kind of do what you d- did and what my friend did in terms of building a network before yep. you ever find yourself in that kind of position. Yep. What kind of networking tips can you give to someone so that, as you said, if it's for a good reason or a poor reason, they're well prepared to galvanize that network into something productive? I think... Being genuine, you know, in your connections. And I think it's really important to show up for people who need you when you don't need anything. I think when you have zero agenda, um, when you're not in dire straits, when there's not an issue, it's a great time to connect with people. But every aspect of your life, it's an opportunity to take to make connections. So when you are in a job situation, for example, look at the people who can influence you. Um, Because I think it's a couple of it's a couple of things. One, there's people who can influence you. Right. Um, The people who have very strong, uh, powerful things that you can glean. And then there's the people that you just like. Mm. Right. They they can't really give you anything. But but you You enjoy spending time, enjoy spending time with them. They're funny. They, you know, are are by the water cooler Um, and they're and they're good people in your life. Take all that, you know, and, and stay connected to them. Be genuine in your how are you doing? A lot of times we ask people how we're doing, but we don't mean it. It's insincere. And so I think being sincere in your connections um, and then maintaining those. I'm a big fan of calling. I'm not a big texter. I texted you the, today, but I'm not a big texter because I enjoy the conversation. I enjoy the face-to-face. I enjoy um, – I'm, I'm a little old school like that. Maybe that's why I got laid off because I write, <laughs> I write checks. But I think um, building that network, making those connections, having those conversations um, – and just showing up, not missing some of those milestones, birthdays, uh, anniversaries, milestones, things to celebrate, congratulating people, and just maintaining relationships in their life. It should really be a natural continuation of the relationship that you had initially. Why do you think that uh, we're seeing all these tech companies, including all these big tech companies, go forward with all these uh, these layoffs. What's going on in big tech these days that the carousel is seeming to slow down or stop spinning? I personally think this is a reaction to the pandemic. And, and, and a lot of tech companies think about, like, how much people were spending online, the time they were spending online, the energy, the money. Um, companies had to keep up with that inventory. They had to keep up with all of that. And I think now we're moving into a different life. Um, I think the political season is changing, which influences the economy as well. But I think we're we're seeing some of the repercussions from 
moving quite quickly and responding to the changing dynamics in the pandemic. Uh, you know, I think there was a lot of consumer purchases, right? A lot of buying, a lot of things online, and uh, a lot of people in the tech space moved to respond to that. And I think that uh, now that things are changing, I'm not saying that it's retracting or going backwards, but it's just, I think it's just moving in a different direction. And so um, in tech, because I'm in, I was in tech consulting, there's a lot of ebb and flow. You know, whenever there's a recession, consulting's the first thing to go. Your consultants, your contractors, your extra people are the first people that get cut. And so it's it's a natural progression in a recession for all of your tech companies, all of your consulting companies um, to have reduction in workforce. Well, it's going to I'm wishing you the best of luck, but also the thousands of other workers around the country that are that are uh, similarly situated. One of the things that we've talked about a bit on this program is how uh, artificial intelligence and AI is likely to transform so many different aspects of the economy. And one of the things that people point to pretty, pretty readily is the legal profession. And they say that there's a lot of work both internally, not so much uh, being in a courtroom yet, but there's a lot of legal work that could be outsourced to computers in the near future. And I'm wondering, how are you feeling as an attorney, especially one that has a lot of Experience in the tech space about when the prospect. When lost our job. <laughs> well, about the prospect of competing with a robot. Yeah, yeah. I think. It's bad uh, enough that you have to compete with humans in other countries, but I mean, what about a robot? Right. Like, seriously. Even robots have songs. I think um, <laughs> I'm tired of competing. I think, you know, one of the things that I think, um, you know, part of being a lawyer is about exercising good judgment. And and so any good lawyer is going to tell you that that using their good judgment. First of all, they've been trained. Um, they've got great experience in using good judgment, utilizing good judgment. And so to be replaced by a robot, you know, for that, there's some things that you really can't necessarily outsource. I think perhaps um, some of the mundane tasks with respect to law um, or easy contracting, it's one of the things that we were exploring at my company uh, you know, for example, non-disclosure agreements. They're pretty straightforward. Um, it's kind of one of the lower levels of, of contracting that you can do. You and I have secrets. We're going to be talking. We both promise not to share mm-hmm. those secrets. Um, but when you get to more complex transactions, there's a lot of customization with that. And a lot of times, particularly in the nuances of negotiation going back and forth, it's really tough to automate those. And... Um, that's what I think people are are cautious of. Um, and sometimes tech goes wrong. And there is an accountability. There's an ethics around um, the practice of law. And how do you hold a robot accountable? Um, when you have a bad lawyer who leads you down the wrong path, you can, there are repercussions for that lawyer. There is incentive to, to give good service, to give good advice. Um, but if you don't have a repercussion for artificial intelligence, you know, how does that work? And so I think a lot of times I think we think technology is great and it's the it's the way of the future, but there can be a lot of implications, a lot of things that can go wrong with respect to um, is the advice sound? Um, are there ethics, you know, are there lines that we're crossing? What is the implicit bias in the AI? Right. You know, th- there's always bias and and how does that impact the outcome, Right. People can be really excited about it until they get a bad decision. Oh, yeah. No, that, until that's Until they sure. make a move, you know. And, and there's so much – the issue with, about it is that there's so much on the line. I would hate for someone to go to jail 
because of a bad AI decision, because technology goes wrong or to lose, you know, in cases, the article um, that we had discussed, you know, before about traffic tickets, you know, on some levels, and the, the idea yeah. was and about if people uh, aren't familiar with this. Basically, there was this uh, this company that uh, fights traffic tickets that was going to use AI to make arguments covertly in traffic court. They were going to have a person with an earpiece take these AI arguments and just parrot them. And then this company was threatened by everybody, every bar association, every regulatory authority saying, you better not do this. There's going to be hell to pay. And sure enough, they backed off, at least for now, on their plan to to, to do it. But I have to think it's only a matter of time before someone else tries something like that. I think this. it's only a matter of time. And I would have liked to see them go forward. Um, just, just test it, test the legal waters. Waze had the same issue. I don't know if you remember that the um, technology in like, it's like the new map quest. Right. I mean, I use Waze all Me the too. time. Me too. Uh, you know, there was a, there was a case in the, in the second district here in New York um, where the police sued Waze um, and I don't know. I don't know what their their reason was, but the, the police actually lost, and and Waze was allowed to continue. They talked about how it was hindering um, the police service and their ability to um, and to protect you know society or whatever arguments that we're losing. But um, that technology has remained, and you know people love that. So there's times I think where where and that's not necessarily artificial intelligence, but but it's about technology sure. and about technology replacing you know, the fuzz buster or, or other things that we used to use. And so in some ways it's good, but you have to just, I think you have to try it out. I think you right. have to test it. So I wish that um, this guy with the bot with respect to traffic tickets, because those are pretty benign. Um, right. What's going to happen? You what's going to happen? Right. right. You pay a fine, yeah. you know? And so if you didn't like the AI advice, you know, then, then you end up paying the fine and there's not a whole lot of repercussion for that. I think it's a great way to test it out, to be honest. I wish they would have continued because, like you said, it is only a matter of time before someone else comes forward with it. I think people are – and people don't realize this. The practice of law is is one of the slowest professions to keep up with the changing times. you know, it's it's always amazing to me how much of um, when you're looking for a statute or something or a case citation or anything, really, how much of it is still on paper and how um, everything else is as digital as can be. And it's then true. you still have to go through these dusty leather bound yeah, books in order to find the citation you want. So it's a great point. Uh, talking with Dana Michelle, you can check out her website, Dana being Dana dot com. Dana, if people haven't seen your show, uh, what do you do on your show? What's your show all about? My show is about the human connections. It's about different things things that bring people together. Uh, and, um, you know, we, I, I believe that when you get people talking, just like you do on your show, you find out you have more things in common than you do different. Uh, people of different colors, different sexual orientations, religions, backgrounds. Uh, we all go through a lot of the same things. The episode that uh, I had recently was about uh, death and remembering loved ones during the holidays. I've got a lot of friends who are widows and they come and they're widows at a very young age and they're, they're coming from all different walks of life, different colors, different creeds, different races, uh, grieving, grieving a spouse, I think can be one of the most profound losses there are, especially when it's young. I'm talking about people who are losing spouses in their forties, in their thirties. Um, the current episode is about love and dating and relationships because I'm very, very passionate about that. I, um, I'm dating now, and it's it's a great thing, and I think that's very important. And 
so, but we all share some of those common bonds. I think when it's coming to um, finding love, getting out there, especially in this digital world, technology world, uh, and post-pandemic, I think a lot of people have experienced losses, whether it be losing a spouse, a divorce, other kinds of breakups during this pandemic. And I think people are out there trying to find love. And I don't think that's limited to a particular type of person. Uh, and that's what we talked about. It's so great that you do that. And again, people should check that out. Uh, Dana being Dana.com. The, one of the things that frustrates me about the era that we live and about a lot of the people that I interact with that listen to this show is they view people of different political persuasions almost n- not as even if they're uh, as if they're aliens, but as if they're enemies, right? Absolutely. And yet they have not. so much in common. You know, R- Ralph Nader, who's very progressive, he was on the show a while ago and he was talking about how he was delivering a speech or something about how children shouldn't be bombarded with all sorts of commercials for junk food during children's programming and how the people that uh, rushed to agree with him first were all these conservatives that probably aren't used to agreeing with him on anything. And I brought that up with him and he said, yeah, it's because, you know, we all bleed the same way, right? Fund- fundamentally, we all often want the same things. We want our kids to be safe. We want to raise them in a safe environment. We want good health care. Uh, we want to be in in a safe place. We, we a lot of times we want the same things, but we're we're trained in this in this life that we're in right now, the society that we're in to be so divided. And I think it's problematic, to be honest. Oh, no doubt about it. So one of the things that I try to do in my own life is, you know, surround myself with a, a very diverse group of uh, of people in every respect, uh, you know, religion, race, age, uh, you know, political persuasion, sexuality, whatever. It does become difficult at times. You find yourself getting caught in a bubble, right? And you find yourself uh, needing to kind of push yourself to uh, find entities that are going to challenge that bubble. What advice would you give to people in their own life that realize intellectually, they realize intellectually that it's it's good for me to hear different points of view, different perspectives, and get outside of the bubble that I'm exposed to, but how do I begin? What do you tell people? Diversify your portfolio. You know, it's you've got to be intentional about making connections. And in this digital world, that's the benefit of technology, right? Mm-hmm. There's pros and cons. When you're on things like LinkedIn, right, or or different social media, you can connect with different people um, who are unlike you and, and be very intentional about it, you know, from, from the comforts of your home. It's, it's easy to make connections. You, have to, you just have to be intentional about it. And a lot of times people, I think people are, are fearful, so they're afraid of, of making those connections or they're afraid of, of what it may do, right? It may change your opinion. I think it's very rare for people like you and I who have very diverse people in our networks um, – to be hateful because when you have that exposure, right. when you've lived and you've, you've experienced life not in your bubble, right, not just where you came from, not just in your religious affiliation, um, not just in your race, but really having an appreciation and finding connections with people who are unlike you – it makes it really hard to be a hateful person. Yeah, no, well said. Uh, Dana, it's always a treat to talk with you. Looking forward to your next trip out here. People, I hope, check out your website, and I hope they check out the Homecoming Challenge on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, what else do you have planned while you're in town? Well, I'm leaving tomorrow. I have um, visited a, a bunch of different places. I've done some networking. I mean, this trip was meant to be fun, and it's turned in, which it has been, but it's turned into a little bit more of um, networking. 
Gotcha. Um, and seeing some of the sites in New York. Well, uh, I'm glad to have you uh, in studio. I look forward to your next visit. I want to give a quick shout out to Stacy. Yeah, I was. Uh, I just emailed her asking what her website was I've uh, got that it. we were supposed I've to promote. It. Okay, good. Um, her website is. Stacy's a mutual friend of both of ours who she introduced is, us and she Go connected ahead. us. Um, and that's what she's all about. She's Absolutely. about connecting people. Um, her business is called Elevated Connections Agency, and it's a boutique business aspiring to help businesses achieve their marketing goals through connecting them to other businesses that can fulfill their needs. She's got a networking mixer coming up. Um, it'll be in March, which will be awesome. And it's virtual. People it can is go virtual. wherever you can, they are. You can network in the metaverse, which is you know a great way. This is where AI is awesome because it can really help and, and make great connections ElevatedConnectionsAgency.com. dot com. Dana, we'll see you soon. Uh, I uh, have a whole bunch of Dana songs that I'm going to get to you. I want my soundtrack. Yeah. You could listen. Let's go. This is what I came here for. <laughs> I'm unemployed, but I've got my own soundtrack. This is what I came here for. This you, is awesome. You could listen to the classic Master P hit, Dana, You Can Bang Her, which I'm sure wow, is the song that you've been uh That's certainly not named for. after me. Thank, thank you, Anna, uh, for uh, submitting that. Or the big star hit, Oh, Dana, which might be more uh, more that, that would be great. Speed. Oh right. boy. Uh, this is the other side of midnight. If you want to comment 800-848-9222 straight ahead. The other side of midnight. midnight.